As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Presenting sponsor for today's episode of Hear That Podcast Ground is Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, welcome into the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Ground, the walkout edition. And Jay, we were, we did walk out. We're in the car now, driving back to Cincinnati, walking out of a Bengals double-digit victory in Pittsburgh. It's hard to even say it and not feel like it's almost laughable that this that's a thing that happened the first time they've won by double digits in Pittsburgh since 1995 yes 24-10 is the final Bengals win how you feeling I mean it wasn't like it was a fluke thing they did get some turnovers but they they shut down Pittsburgh's run they hit Ben Roethlisberger. Most important of all, they didn't let Joe Burrow get hit. They got Joe mixed. Like every, if you had a, a checklist of everything you needed to do to beat the Steelers, they they checked them all. I mean, it was it, it was the I don't want to say it's dominating, but it was it, the game never felt in doubt after the Jamar Chase touchdown right before halftime. And then they come out in the second half, add a field goal. All of a sudden, it's a double digit lead. And then it was just kind of sit back, play prevent, uh, make the Steelers go 18 plays in nine minutes to get a field goal. But they just they did everything they needed to do to win that game. It was pretty impressive. We'll get into in a little bit of are the Steelers bad or the Bengals good? I can say for sure the Steelers are definitely bad. Yeah. I, I have never seen. Here's the thing. What if I told you of the first four Bengals opponents, the Steelers are the worst? Well, we don't know about the Jaguars yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They certainly had the worst quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's over for Ben. I mean, that at least in this iteration, in this offense, and the way they're constituted with that offensive line, who's dreadful. That is, 
I know bad offensive line play. I've watched a lot of bad offensive line play. That was as bad as you'll as you'll see between not being able to block penalties. I mean, any you dial it up, anything you can think of. I mean, they're they're awful. But I I don't think that totally takes away from what the Bengals did because you know what good teams do? They punish bad teams. Yes, and they beat them without drama. And that's what happened on the road in Pittsburgh. That is, this was a moment. This was a real moment to point to. And as I kind of wrote in the column, reason to believe. This this is reason to believe. We have talked about proof of concept for Zach Taylor since he showed up. Because we haven't seen it. They've been all talk. Now you got proof that this is what it can look like. That this team, all the talk of good vibes and all that stuff is very real. It's tangible. That is something to believe in. And that goes a long way for a group of players that are trying to figure out if, you know, they really can do it here. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right because it's, yes, the Steelers are bad, but I don't think that matters because this, that team has had the Bengals number for so long. So it is all about belief and kind of turning that around and setting yourself up to possibly be three and one if you can win on Thursday night at home against a bad Jaguars team. It, it was it wasn't the most impressive Bengals win that we've seen against a, a good Steelers team, but it doesn't have to be. It's a team that had beat you ten out of the last eleven times and you go into their house and and basically whip them. And it, it you could just tell that they felt it. But every guy that came in the post-game press conference said, yes, it does mean more than other games. It does matter. A lot of times it's, oh, it's long season. They all count the same. It's all that cliche crap. They they were pretty honest about how significant this was. And that's that's what matters. If they think it's significant, then it is. Because that's, what the, that's the thing that this team – I think we all could believe in the way they built the roster, in the quarterback – in even the fact that defense is playing better and, and a lot of those things. But you just didn't know if they could put it together and have the confidence that you need to be good teams. And you see it all the time. We've talked about it in the opposite direction the last two years. You get these early season wins or, or early season losses that set this tone and it snowballs. There's real momentum in attitude and, and in buy-in. You can say, oh, yeah, we're all bought in and good vibes and this, that, and the other. You buy in when when you do that. That is a buy-in game. That makes everybody believe in this team and, and what the direction they're going. And and they did it. And I thought another part of it was it it was totally plausible. And, like, it made, they didn't even play necessarily great. I mean, they, they played good. They certainly did a lot of things right. And the Steelers, while they were bad, they had some good moments too. But they were just so clearly the better team, and they played like the better team, and they won it like you do when you're the better team. And I think that that means a lot in the way they did it, almost as much as the fact that they did it all. It was huge. They scored first. That was huge because we talked about it before where they always have like the special team miscue early on, get behind the eight ball early, and it snowballs. The other thing was the Steelers answered that score early. They get – for the 25th time in the last 30 Bengals Steelers game, they get a score in the final two minutes of the first half, and you're thinking, okay, that's 
that's what's going to turn it around. And the Bengals answer it. Three plays, 75 yards, the long ball to chase. And it was that, – that was significant. That I, I really think that that turned the tide of the game. I don't know if they lose that game, if they don't get that. But that that was almost like an exhale moment where it, you, they always go – they want to get the score at the end of the half and the beginning of the half. And they, did, they did tack on the field goal. But to, to have the Steelers do that again – and that was such – it wasn't just the Steelers. A lot of teams did that to them last year. Went down, scored right before half, and then they were terrible in the third quarter. And to have the Steelers do it and then to come back and answer it in the fashion they did, I, that was a really big series. And they, they did it in different ways. You know, Tomlin, I don't still don't understand the yeah. timeout he takes at 109 when they're on the two. They're not going to – they're not going to need – a minute and nine seconds to run a couple of plays from the goal line calls a timeout to stop the clock. So it basically gives an extra 20 or 30 seconds uh, to the Bengals when the Steelers scored on their first play there to try to be aggressive and go for it. And now they only needed 27 seconds, but they were aggressive because of that. And, you know, look, Jamar Chase is a real weapon. And you don't need me to tell you that. <laughs> but when you have that, Man, it does. It changes everything. It changes everything. And now to have – they didn't have a single passing touchdown over 30 air yards last year, Burrow did. And now he's got three in three weeks to chase. And the it was that was the best one. And that was by far the most impressive one. Yeah. I mean, the acceleration to go get it at the end. He said – Burrow says after the game, Chase came up to me before that and he said, I don't care. Just throw it up. Just throw it up, and I'll just throw it up to him. And Burrow said, okay, I'll throw it up to you. And so he dropped back, and he did. He threw a rainbow. That chase just put that extra gear on and grabbed just barely on the back of the ball and hauls it in, and it, and the everything feels different. The same way the Steelers always demoralized the Bengals with the score right before halftime. They did that to them. And then to add on with the long, grinding, mix-and drive after that, I thought was really – a. Uh, it showed their offensive versatility, and it really was when the game changed because then they could play it where Ben's got to throw it 50-whatever times. He ended up having to throw it, and you can just kind of grind the game out. Yeah, and it, I mean, I'm writing about this now. It was it, – it can't be overlooked. The, the people that the Steelers were missing on defense, huge factors all along that defensive front. But it's it's the NFL. You, the, you, they, everybody's got guys, and – it wasn't just that they kept Joe clean. It was the, the efficiency they had in the run game and how they opened up some big holes for Joe Mixon. And, and sometimes when they didn't, Joe made really good vision or really good cutbacks with good vision, made things happen. Um, it was just – it's what you envision this offense being, the, the passing game, hitting deep shots, playing off of the run game, everything working in concert. Uh, there's – you said it. It wasn't – a perfect game, but there was there was a whole lot to like after that one. How about this for efficiency? Joe Mixon, five yards a carry. <laughs> Joe Burrow, 9.6 yards per attempt. No sacks, and they had it long. There's no quarterback hits in the game book. That is efficiency perfectly. I mean, they they barely had the ball, you know, because they, they forced the Steelers to do these long drives, particularly late in the game. I mean, they Burrow only throws 18 passes. It's easy to keep them clean when you only throw it 18 times. But, you know, they also – it's not like they ran it a ton. They just didn't ran a ton of plays. But when they did, they were efficient. They were effective. When you're doing that, you're going to score a ton of points. 
you are going to score a ton of points. And they cashed in on turnovers. They turned the turnovers into touchdowns when they got opportunities to, and that ends up being the difference in the score of the game. Logan Wilson, I mean, he's you real dude now. Yeah, you had the story where everybody <laughs> said a breakout year. He's the guy, and he's living up to it. I mean, 13 tackles, two interceptions. Uh, he was a big factor in them shutting down Najee Harris. Uh, just super, super impressive. And, you know, they lose a woozy, eh? And Darius Phillips comes in, and Jalen Davis was in there at times, and they still did a, a really good job. I know people hate the prevent defense, but it, it worked perfectly today. They kept everything in front of them and made Pittsburgh do those long drives, eat the clock, and then the one, the, the, the really, really long one, they didn't even let them get in the end zone. They, they would drove all the way down there, eight, nine minutes, I think it was, and settled for a field goal. They held up in the red zone. They let them, yeah. they let them go down the field by, by Dinkin and Duncan, and then when they had to get the stops, they got the stops. And, and that's the perfect way to do it. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The other thing that I thought was really interesting, I wrote about this this week about Burrow saying, talking about mobility and needing to needing to show that more and do that more and understanding that he hadn't done that for the first couple of weeks. We saw it early immediately where he – it was the, the one really offensive line miscue where they had free runners coming and Burrow sort of spins away and makes a couple more cuts and then another cut. It ended up being called back because of the holding, I believe. Uh, whatever it was, but he made. I mean, he was like immediately taking off, and you could see exactly what he had talked about. Of look, I- I'm going to do that, and then he gets down in the red zone and in empty. They leave no linebacker, put no linebackers in the box, and Joe does what you're supposed to do in that point. He calls an audible to call his own number. A QB draw, and he goes out there and he runs and he cuts and he dives for it for a first down and stands up and does the Joe Mixon football drop. And he said after the game, that was really exciting for me because that was something I didn't know if I would be able to do it all this year. And I thought that was really revealing, like kind of exposing his fears that he had about that. And to be able to go do that, that does a lot for his confidence to go do that more now going forward. Exactly. That opens up. That, that whole possibility now but because other teams are going to be doing that. They're they're going to see looks like that where teams are selling out to stop the other things and not just the first down run but that scramble, knowing that he has the confidence and the need to do that and make plays. He's, he's so good, not just running with the ball but making throws on the run, extending the plays. It's 
but I mean, the offense has been okay so far, but you start adding those extra elements into it, and it, it can really open things up. And I mean, yeah, his first first career touchdown was a run. If, if they get him back to that, where he can see openings, it was that same kind of play where he just called his own number, ran right up the middle. You, you add that to Mixon and Chase and Boyd. They didn't even have Higgins today, and they still had a good offensive day. It's just, like you said early in this podcast, the vision starting to crystallize. Yeah, and, and that's not even talking yet about really the reason they won, which is their defense. And and the front four continues to get after it. You know, now they had the mismatches again for three straight weeks. It's been offensive lines that have issues. And this one was the worst of all of them. Yeah. But they have exploited that. And whether it's Hendrickson or Ogan Joby, Rear was back there. I mean, they all kind of again took turns uh, getting back there. And, you know, I, I they're they're a quality group, and I think they played a game where they were going to let their defense kind of win it for them, and the offense was able to be explosive enough to go with it, and boom. And, and I, you know, that's a they're a real group, and they're gaining a whole lot of confidence too. Yeah, I went with Cam Sample with a sack. B.J. Hill gets another one. It's not just the front line guys. It's They're getting pressure from everywhere, and Tupo played again. Didn't. You know, I don't think he had any pressures or anything, but it's just if you can keep cycling those guys in and think about as good and as dominant as they've been, what if what if Joseph Osai doesn't get hurt in yeah. that Tampa game? Yeah. Can you imagine what this D-line would be right now. It's just it's it's really been impressive. You know, arguably be the arguably the strength of the team so far. So now you turn around, and you mentioned this earlier, you got this quick turnaround. What a way to gain momentum going into a short week. Yeah. And, and notoriously, short week, these Thursday night games are so hard on the road team. Like, it's just a really – it's a tough chore in a short week and a travel. And now you face a team with a ton of momentum coming back home for a primetime game. Uh, it is – I mean, it has the possibility to, to go 3-1. and one. We talked about this needing to make hay in this early stretch. This was such – a key, a fulcrum of the season to do this now. That now it really it sets you it sets you down that path of you know, I, I, the games are going to get hard. Like the Packers are going to be here in a week and a half. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to go to Baltimore. You're gonna have to beat Cleveland. Like they're going to get harder. But to to actually make hay when you can make hay and do it, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Bengals are going to win a division or anything like that. No. But I, you see the improvement, like you're seeing it. They, they are playing like a team that is trending in the right direction, and that was important. That's a big part of what this year's about. Yeah, well, I mean, this was the pivot game. You know, if they lose this one at one and two, yeah, they can get back to five hundred with a win against Jacksonville. But now you really open it up where beat Jacksonville three and one, and then. I don't want to say it's a house money game, but you know, if, if you lose to Green Bay, it's not the worst thing in the world. And then they get to go to Detroit after that. Four and two is a, a very real possibility. If they do somehow to beat Green Bay and they're four and one going to Detroit, then it's everything that we talked about. We're easy part of the schedule early. Young team, a lot of confident guys. You can see it start to snowball. I don't know. Thought it was a possibility, but you always wonder with this team and 
now seeing it starting to take shape. I, I, I'm going to be interested to see Thursday night what kind of crowd they have. Because I, I think today's win, kind of like the Monday night win against Pittsburgh last year, really wins some people back over. And I, I think they, they may end up with a pretty good crowd. The Ring of Honor, the national TV game, a winnable game against the Jags. That's... I think that's going to be a, a true test to see how how much the fan base is bought back in, what kind of crowd they have Thursday night. You know how you move the needle with the fan base? When? You beat Pittsburgh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now doing it back-to-back to do it in the Monday night football game. But it was that, that felt like, okay, you caught a Pittsburgh team overlooking you and all the other things. You come in here, yeah, maybe they're bad, but you now have beaten them two times in a row. It was... I called it two ships passing in the light today because it was. It was. I mean, we talked about this at the end of last year. Like, I I thought it looks like when you knew they were going to go through an offseason of losing people, that's going to be a Pittsburgh team that is has a good chance of finishing the cellar if the Bengals take the step forward that you thought they would take. And they're going to pick in the top ten. They are bad. Yeah. <laughs> How they? I mean, they beat Buffalo, and we'll, that might be the the result that we look back. There's always that one game that's week crazy. one every year where you're like, I don't understand what happened there. That might be the one because Ben's not going to all of a sudden like be better. He looks old. The offense looks old. Their line keeps getting hurt. Because nobody's already catch. Nobody they dropped catch. ball. They had to have ten drops today. I've. You just don't see Pittsburgh like that. No. You just don't. And they they were booed mercilessly from the first series to the last series. And, I mean, think about that. The Bengals came to Pittsburgh and experienced a game where the home crowd just relentlessly booed the Steelers the whole game. And it was just, man, it's one of those days that fan bases remember and players believe in. Like that's what it is, and that's how you get that's how you get people back. And went into Pittsburgh, nothing moves the needle like that, even if they're not the same Pittsburgh. They booed him after they scored. Yeah, they did. Because <laughs> they were down seventeen, they kicked the field goal. You need three scores. They booed him after that, and then I'm writing about this in my story. One of the most telling. They didn't play Renegade. They never even had a point in the game where it's like, okay, this is where we need the defensive stop. This is where we need everybody everybody's help. Put on Renegade. Just never even happened. They play that every game. Some sometimes earlier, most time in the fourth quarter when they need a big defensive stop, or sometimes if they're destroying teams, they just play it to let everybody get riled up. Didn't even play it today. That was telling. What was a bigger sign of white flag? Not playing Renegade or the fourth and ten dump off what, to Najee? I, I don't. I mean, Tomlin said they had already fired all their all their bullets, and they didn't really have a, much of a choice against that defensive coverage. I'm thinking, are you saying you were out of place? <laughs> so you just threw the dump off, but uh, just a wild, a wild day. And so, first place Bengals. Wire to wire. Wire to wire. The first place Bengals are here, and they will be back in Paul Brown Stadium on Thursday night against the Jags. Short week this week. Um, we'll have, uh, of course, the podcast will be out on Tuesday where we just will be in preview mode of the Jags. We'll kind of just be all encompassing with that one. Uh, I knew it would happen, Jay. I knew it would happen. <laughs> Hit me on the growler bet, 318 on the money. So we'll uh, we'll uh, give kudos 
uh, to our growler bet winner uh, when I go back and go through it. Make sure there's only one. Oh yeah, got to go back through the emails still, but. Uh, the, the immediate alert. I hope. I hope you were tracking because we got the tweet very soon after the game <laughs> of the uh, of the growler bet winner. So thanks everybody for participating. It was fun. I knew you'd get me. I knew. I knew it was too easy. I need decimal points, Jay. I need decimal points. Sadistic growler coming Thursday night. No, without question, it'll be totally ungettable. Uh, so that all that's coming up this week to so check back in uh, with us. Then we are on the road back to Pittsburgh. So hopefully we have safe, get a safe drive and no cops. That would be key. Yeah, that would be key. <laughs> so uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us in the walkout, driveout edition uh, where the Bengals beat the Steelers at uh, Heinz Field on Sunday, 24-10. to 10. We have 2-1 in the year. Talk to you on Tuesday, everybody. Have a good one.